This episode is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. They asked us not to read an ad. Enjoy! It is the Chicagoverse podcast on the Dynasty Podcast Network, featuring interviews with Chicago's premier artists and industry and creatives and culture leaders. Hosted by Haima Black. Welcome to Chicago. Hey, do you uh, archive? Oh, yeah. It's like, all this audio will go out. Absolutely. So it'll go out as, like, one, one hour, uh, you know, yeah. with change, uh, live stream as, like, one one block, but then the actual audio will go out like for each of you individually. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so we'll talk audio. Justin Kaufman, how are you doing, man? I'm good, man. Thanks for, it's, it's been a while and I appreciate yeah. the invite and I'm honored to be here with you, man. No, I appreciate it. We've been playing like email tag. I know, right? Just like so many people in the city. It's like people are, it, you have a busy schedule and, and you're on air every single night of the week. So I could see you being like, cool, I'm going to go do it like a sixth <laughs> night in a row. Um, so I do appreciate you being out here, man. No, thanks for having me. So people can hear you on WGN Radio. Is it every weeknight from 7 it to 11? It is from 7 to 11. It's a show called The Download. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah, it's on 7.20 a.m. Yeah. It's a talk show. It's four hours, uh, Monday through Friday. Yeah. So there's a lot I want to unpack there. But, like, <laughs> again, let's start at the beginning. Like, how did, you know, media, broadcast, radio work start for you? Columbia College guy, of course. There it is, yeah. Represent. Um, I was uh, 19 at Columbia College. I was in the journalism department there, and I reached out to WBEC, which was the NPR station, okay. 91.5. And I went in, and, and they had an interview, which was great. And the guy came in, and he was all Harry Tom Tuber, who's now a program director in Milwaukee, Madison. Okay. And uh, he, go, he goes, can you cut reel-to-reel tape? I was like, yeah, yeah, I can. This was 1994 or something like that. Okay. Good, you're hired. And he's like, (laughs) I get all these book smart guys from Northwestern, University of Chicago, and everybody comes in, and they are ready for their NPR internship, but I need someone who can cut tape because I can't keep up. And I'm like, I can do that. I can't read, but I can do that. That's how I find my my contributors on the podcast. I'm like, can you edit audio? They're like, yeah. And I'm like, great, you're you're in. Like, that's all I need to know. Exactly. So I I started there, and I never stopped. I mean, I I was there for 20 years, 20-plus years. I ended up up being in a – when I left at BEZ, it was an executive producer of talk. So I I managed all of the talk staff and did all the shows. So was that like – was Sound Opinions there at that time, yeah. or were they still Jim, I was Jim's. I was Jim DeRogatis' editor okay. for at, when his blog site on the Vocalos site. Mm-hmm. I was. Um, I mean, a lot of things at BEC. Everything from 848, which used to be mm-hmm. the old show there, to morning shift, to afternoon shift, to Worldview, to um, all the to the vocal to Vocalo. I mean, right. it's uh, and just so many different things that I was involved with. That's what great NPR is in Chicago because you get this opportunity to be involved in a lot of different things. Well, yeah, NPR. In Chicago, be easy. It, it really is like a landmark kind of station. Yeah. Um, it's all Myra Glass. That's where he came from. Right. Serials from there, which is huge. Serial, um, like I always refer to it as like the smells like teen spirit of podcasting. Because podcasting existed mm-hmm. before Serial, right. but no one knew about it. You know, it's funny because everyone thinks This American Life is a podcast. Right. Because you know, if you're not from Chicago or, I guess, New York, you think that, hey, that's a, that's a podcast I listen to every week. But that was a talk show for... Before podcasting was even around. Sure, for, for a long seven, time. Yeah, for a long time, almost 10 years. Yeah. But Ira is considered to be sort of the father of, of podcasting, but he, he was doing radio shows. Right, it just 
moved. It was a perfect, and it's also I feel I feel like it's kind of unfair only to to podcasters because Ira has nine producers. And they're the top <laughs> dog producers in all of radio. I mean, Peabody Award winners. Sure. So, like, if you're like, I want to do a podcast, like, I don't know, This American Life. Like, it's, it's about a, it's about ten million dollars. Right. It's together, like entering sure. a foot race sure. against like the Flash and Superman <laughs> and being like, this will be fair, and right? Some hardcore journalistic uh, talent. Yeah. On this American Life. Well, and it's interesting. You mentioned Vocalo. Like, were you yeah. involved with that early on? Because I was. Yeah. That's that's a channel that really like has. I think developed a lot and matured a lot and it's really doing, I think very worthwhile work. It's great. It's, it's such a great idea and there was a lot of pushback on it at the beginning because everybody assumes they want public mm-hmm. radio a certain way. And uh, I don't take any credit for the way that it, it evolved. Um, you know, Sylvie over there and, and Jesse Menendez. Jesse and, Menendez. And the, great guy. Yeah. Great guy. Yeah. And all those guys have done tremendous work. It's on their, it's on their watch that they've created something that is actually, nationally becoming a, a model. Yeah. There's a lot of public radio stations that don't know how to attract <laughs> audiences that aren't white people from the affluent areas of Chicago. Sure. Or, or wherever city they're from. They like just don't Lake know Forest, how to do it. Yeah. So whenever they try to do anything that might be to uh, different communities, minority communities, it just sounds like, it doesn't sound like the communities. Right. And so Vocalo was an experiment. I give Tori Malatia, who was the GM at the time, same guy who did This American Life, mm-hmm. a lot of credit for starting that. And... And, and thinking outside of the box to say it has to sound like the, it has to be authentic. It right. can't be, we're public radio, and now we're from Inglewood. <laughs> Great to see you. Like, you can't do that. That's, uh, you know, no one wants to hear that. No one wants to hear that. Yeah. And so they did a great job, and they've got great talent on it. So. And I think you nailed it. Authenticity is the word. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, that's the key in anything. I mean, like, moving, sure. over to, moving over to GN from BEZ, I mean, I came in because I get an asterisk on my name. It's a good trivia question for radio or, or Chicago media. Mm-hmm. Who replaced the Cubs on WGN Radio? Oh, my God. So Justin, that's not intimidating. Justin Kaufman did, right? The, the GN lost the Cubs. They didn't lose them. They, just, they stopped the <laughs> contract on the Cubs a couple of right. years ago. They gave it to whatever, whoever's got it, CBS now. Sure. And, uh, and so that time slot opened up. And they're like, well, we got to put something in there. And they thought, well, why don't we do something a little bit more NPR-like? Right. We do a little more talk show, a little bit more interview style as opposed to you know, talk formats that are just taking calls, talking about the president. Sure. So for me, I just, it's a perfect fit for me to move from BEZ, which does that, and move into, and then when you go over to GN, you realize, it's a, I mean, that's a Chicago staple. It's oh, yeah. Maybe the last in the country that does live local 24-7. Right. I mean, you can't find that anywhere where it's like the actual, there is no syndicated programming on WGN. Well, and, and that was one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is that, like, looking at what you do with the download, it seems like old school radio. Yeah. Um, I, I come from radio. I worked at Q101 for 13 years, and I remember radio being still local. And I'm sure that there are people older than me who would look at Q101 and say, that's not local. But, but I worked on the Chicago music show that was literally called Local 101. No, Q101 was extremely local. But it's like, I feel like that has gone yeah. away a lot. Yeah. By and large, in radio, like, you turn on, like, you know, iHeart stations. And look, I'm not coming for any individuals who work for those stations or any on-air talent, but it doesn't feel local. It doesn't feel... And it's connected. not designed to almost... Sure, I mean, it's course. cookie cutter. It's, it's someone, someone in, a, in a tower in New York has made a decision on what the format's going to be and the, the talent that's in Chicago has to execute it. Right. You know, it's not... It might be, you know, uh, Tom and Joe, Tom and Joe in the morning, but there's Tom and Joe in every market. Right. And so for Chicago, I mean, I say at the top of my show every night, it's a... Downloaded a show about Chicago starring those who know it well. 
Like, that's it. So, and that automatically makes people go, all right, well, I'm going to, I'm going to just assume this is a show about Chicago, and we'll go from there. Well, and I think your show is interesting because it does feel a little bit to me, and maybe this is my podcast slant coming through, but it feels like it's designed a little bit like a podcast. Yeah, it's sure. very segmenty, you yeah, know, where it's right. like, you're going to be talking to this person at this time and this group at this time, and here's this topic. And again, it does feel like that kind of like classic 90s yeah. radio approach. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's something I learned at BEC, but it's also something that <clears throat> you take from podcasts and you also take from television and other, and sure. this idea that, you know, you expect something at a certain time every night. Right. And, you know, they do that. I mean, the best radio stations that make the most money are the ones that can tell you they're going to do something on a specific minute. Right. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's... it's Traffic and weather on Traffic the, and weather at right. a certain time, at the eights, the fives, the right. threes, whatever, and they hit it every single time. And it sticks in your head. It sticks in your head. You know and when and it is. the ratings, you know, reflect it. There's, they're, they're way above and beyond. It becomes utility to people. They yeah. know it's 8.03, and they're like, I got to be here to check this, whatever they told me to check, right? I know. I would be in the car with my mom, and she'd be listening right. to some, some, like, super staticky AM whatever. <laughs> and I'd be like, why are we listening to this? She goes, well, traffic's coming up in a minute. And I'm yeah. like... Right. All right. Okay. And then it would come on and be like. So if you took that right. same concept and you right. said, okay, so every night at eight o'clock, WGN is going to have a segment called the big table where a celebrity or a newsmaker or an artist mm-hmm. is going to sit down for an hour. Right. Or do like a Terry Gross fresh air type approach to a Chicago person for an hour. And you expect that every night at a certain time. And it's branded that way. And the music's similar. It, it does go a long way for people recognizing what you do and how you do it. Well, and uh, so this is one of the big things I wanted to ask. Four hours. Four hours is a lot of time. Yeah, it's a ton, man. I do this podcast once a week for one hour. And that, and I'm certainly not complaining, but that is an, an amount of work. Yeah. Four hours every single weeknight, every week. How do you keep up with that? Like, how do you approach filling up that time? It, I mean, the number one thing we try to do, Pete Zimmerman who's a longtime radio guy, used to produce Doll, mm-hmm. with Chirp as well. Oh, yeah, and Chirp's uh, doing great Yeah, he, uh, he produces a show and it, with me, and I'm a, I'm a longtime producer. I was a producer. I know how to produce daily talk radio. That's mm-hmm. something that's like once you learn that skill, you can do it. Yeah. But for me, I, I don't know. I, I feel like we try, on top of doing four hours, we try our darnness to have no fill. Right. There's no banter. There's no, you know, for an hour, we're just going to talk about what's in the, the news. The Bachelor. Yeah, right, right, right. right. And I, I did talk about The Bachelor on Friday. I don't remember that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, but, the, um, but that's the idea. The idea being that we really want to... So it does put a lot of pressure on us. And I like it. I don't mind it. But it's, we find our, I find myself... I drop my son off at school at 9 in the morning mm-hmm. or 8.30, whatever, when CPS starts. Right. And then um, I... I come home, I make coffee, and I start. And it's a full day's work into it. Because I also do a monologue at the top of the show that's kind of like a three-pager uh, right. of what's in the news day. It's called the carryout, where mm-hmm. that's something where these are my, my, uh, my thoughts on observations and what's happening in Chicago. So that takes time to put together. You know, there's, a ton, there's probably about seven segments a night. And that's a lot. And it's you're a ton, booking but... a ton of guests, yeah. and you're getting good guests. Yeah. Like, are you sending those emails? You got, like a team like it's just two of us yeah. and um like coming up this week i'm psyched we got um coming up on wednesday david keckner's on which is cool david keckner from anchorman he's the he was in the office right yeah he's, he's todd a, packer yeah, okay yeah, yeah. he's yeah. a chicago guy he's from chicago um and that's the key you know I did, i've done doing 20 years of talk radio in any form 
you become a master of all, or a, a jack of all trades, master of none. Right. Right. I, I'm not. I'm not an expert on any of these topics, but I know enough about them to to be able to get. And I also know about the this. Like everybody who's on our panel tonight, you know how to get at uh, whoever's making news. Right. A lot of times, you, it's just about contacting the right people and having the the. And luckily, you get a little bit of a reputation where they're like, oh, "This is good. This is good media." Right. This isn't going to be a, a gotcha type thing. This isn't going to be someone who's not prepared. Sure. We should do it. Like the city of Chicago is, has been a tough nut to crack. Like it's always a tough nut to crack when you're dealing with politicians, right? Mayors and right. aldermen, things like that. But I found over the two and a half years of doing the show that it becomes, it's becoming easier. They're, they're ready to come on because they know it's going to be a valuable experience for them. Yeah, I mean, something I get from having done this podcast for so long, and, and like you, I come from being a producer. Right. I was behind the scenes at Q101. I wasn't really on the air there. But when I, when I interview people, I do research. Right. I don't even do nine hours of research, but I do, I think, basic research just so I know who I'm talking yeah. to. And but it's so sad how many guests will, after the mic's off, be like, thanks so much for knowing what you're talking about. And I'm like, oh, my God, are people not doing that? <laughs> exactly. But it, apparently that's a thing that like, is a lost art and actually means something. <laughs> Well, you know? it's also formats and what you can and how long you can talk to somebody. But, yeah. but, you know, I would say being a producer first before you're a host should be a prereq. Yeah. Because you get to a certain point where you learn the discipline of it. Because mm-hmm. you'd have to, I'd have to prep a host ever. I'd have to prep somebody on the subject. I need to know the, su- know the subject to be able to give the, 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 NPR sure. way, the NPR way of doing prep is extremely exhausting. Like, it's the kind of thing where you're doing pre-interviews, there's questions. You, you get to the end of the day as a producer, and you're like, damn, why don't I just do the interview? Right, why am I passing right. this thing along? I've already spent three hours on doing it. Like, that's the yeah. expectation. So when, you, when I was able to, to get this gig and, and be a host, I'm like, well, they're here. I'm here I am. I know how I created the system in which to pre-interview and put all this stuff together. Right. And so now I just have to execute it on my own to be the host. And that's, that comes with just timing and, and everything else as a performer but yeah I mean it, it's it, it gives you a lot of you get this ability to be comfortable with your guest mm-hmm. to, to be able to get to a point where they know you know what you're talking about and they'll be more open to you asking questions that are challenging or pushing beyond whatever they're there to talk about yeah well and so in doing the type of radio that you're doing do you feel like was that what, I, I mean, I think you kind of covered this, but was that what GN was looking for? Were yeah. they like, hey, do this kind of show? Because it is kind of a lost art. It is, well, there are I not mean, as many shows like that on the air anymore. There was a guy on WGN. GN is a pretty great history lesson. All sure. the people who used to work on GN were, at certain points in Chicago, media history, the top, top, top. Mm-hmm. Bob Collins and Wally Phillips, they're like, there are still listeners who listen to WGN who be like, you'll never be Wally Phillips. Like his well, sure, if you're on SNL, like, you're not going to be Bill yeah. Murray, but, yeah. like, it doesn't mean you shouldn't go... <laughs> There's yeah. a, there was a guy on at night named Milt Rosenberg, and mm-hmm. Milt Rosenberg was a, a University of Chicago guy, Hyde Park guy, who would do this kind of radio through the 80s and 90s, maybe 70s, 80s, and 90s. And at a certain point, I think, when they made some changes at the Tribune and they changed up and they brought in um, uh, Howard Stern's old PD... They forced him out, like, so they could do some stuff at night that was more shock jockey. As happens in radio. As happens. But I think GN realized at a certain point when the Cubs went away that they're like, that worked. And right. that is a great nighttime format. You can do interesting, curious, experimental things at night because money is not on the line. 
Right. It's a very simple it's not thing. not drive time. If you're in drive time and you are one of the highest paid people to, to it's about a half, more than half of the job, and it's a tough job, is keeping the trains running on time. Sure. It's making sure you hit that traffic at the right time. The second part is being, being entertaining in two-minute chunks. Right. That, I, 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 I know so many people, I'm one of them, from my days in comedy of being like making fun of people who do drive time. You know? right. But it's amazing. That's a skill I've never been able to ma- master. And yeah. It's a skill I don't think a lot of people can do. That You have to be able to uh, uh, like, uh, give the essence of who you energy. are. Who you yeah. are in a minute and a half. Right. You get a person on a line, you, know, you get David Koechner for a minute and a half. Right. And then you're out. And you got to make it count. Yeah, you got to make it count. And you can't miss on that stuff. And I filled in a couple times. And I'm like, I mean, I will get comfortable. I'll be like, okay, so uh, tell me about, oh, we out, oh, we're out of time? Right. All right. We're out of time. <laughs> Sorry, let's get to the traffic. And, you know, it, it's hard. I, 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 those are the top people in radio for a reason. They have, they have created a skill. Yeah, I was fortunate that, like, at Q101, I got to, like, I worked with Chris Payne on the weekends. Yeah. And then I got to see guys like Tim Virgin and Sludge who were just drive time, you know, they were dynamic. They it's, a, were it's a different skill, game. man. It's, it's something that, I mean, it's, it's amazing to me. It's, it's fun to watch. Yeah. Ro Khan is on in the, af- in the afternoons with Anna DeVolantes, and watching them do their show and how they have to move from things to thing, it's, it's intense. Now, something else I think is really cool about GN is that you guys have sound sessions. You have mm-hmm. Michael Heidemann, who... And Kevin, those guys are great. Yeah, and in my mind, like, that's like a newer talent and i don't mean that in any dismissive way but like he's newer on the scene and i think he is continuing a lot of that great tradition of of all the things we're talking about yeah and i think that's great about gm that like you guys have that kind of programming like not just now but like also developing as the next wave well todd manley who's the boss there and he's spent time at at uh xrt and some other places he he is really into he understands digital he, WGN Plus is the podcast network. He's always thinking, he knows that, you know, part of our programming, a big chunk is for the air, but a lot of it is for, like, I'm a great example. I'm hired mm-hmm. in this way to be both. I'm, I'm hired to be someone who does four hours live at night, and I'm also someone who, the next morning, it's there for you to consume. And, right. and I have as much, I have a strong audience at night, and I have a strong audience on podcasts, and they're different. But and it's like, you kind of got to make a pizza that's as good in the moment as it is the next yeah. morning. Oh, my God. And, and, you know, it's funny because one of the things, I, and it's a very select few people, they get really kind of bent out of shape when I tape something. Really? I, I tape a lot of my, I don't a lot, but I, <clears throat> I will tape because people can only do it at, in the afternoon. Sure. Oh, yeah, I know So that. you know how yeah. that goes. So, like, trying to get a celebrity to come on at 9 o'clock at night, you're like, <laughs> all right, well, how about 4? And they're right. like, all right, I come in before I leave town or whatever. So then you do that and then you air it. And they have, at GN, they have web cameras. It's kind of an outdated, I really don't, I'm kind of in the middle of, a, of an existential crisis on it because I really don't like it. But they webcam kind of like the old Howard Stern where it just like mm-hmm. kind of see it. But they don't really, they don't curate it, so it's just a live feed. And so half the time, you know, the, you'll be done with your segment, and you'll be like, thanks, thanks. And you're like, oh, good to see you. Good to see you. And it's just a shot of like my crotch standing up <laughs> into the shot. And, and or you'll be sitting there like, waiting for the news, right? check your phone, and you're on camera, yeah. and you're live to a broadcast in, in the thousands. And it, it, you realize quickly that you're like, this is not a great way to approach media, live media. And, but that, people get out, they get bent out of shape because I'll say, David Koechner's coming up, you know, and then I'll, I'll go, welcome back to the download. David Koechner, great to see you, but it's taped. Right. He ain't there. And so they're like, where? David Koechner? Shit. 
oh, I'm going to text. I got to text right now. Yeah. I'm going to tell these guys what's up. Oh, God. I, I remember <laughs> that, though. I remember when you would try to book somebody, and it's like, they're available, yeah, you know, Friday at 9 a.m. You're like, well, our show is Sunday at 9, so great. We'll make it work. I, yeah, I'm not of the... There's no... Media is media, and like I said, different audiences, you know, consume it at different times. Tape, right. live, doesn't matter. The idea that it needs to be sort of like a, an, an old 1980s, it has to be in the moment right here, right now, is, is kind of canceling out the idea that we now have this technology to move things around and time shift and all this stuff. So I don't really buy it. But no, absolutely. Again, we're talking about a select group of people saying, in my day. Right. But and, and you brought up WGN Plus, and, and I think yeah. it is really cool that you guys have this podcast network you're developing with the station. And also, you've done the download live, correct? I have. It's a live podcast, radio, Well, whatever. they have this thing called, I'm doing one in Berwyn next week, but that's more through, like, they every month you have to do a remote. Okay. You go to a different yeah, yeah, bar, yeah. you know, so it's like Bavarian. It's a, it's like a Oktoberfest, okay. which is pretty cool, right? Yeah. Mm, I don't know. It'll be fun <laughs> out there. Get an OOPA band out there. Yeah. Hold the remotes are fun. The Radio remotes are fun. The, what I've been doing, though, is uh, Cards Against Humanity, Max Temkin yes. and I, um, <laughs> created this, this show that is the download live on stage. And that is in front of an audience in a space. And it's more like a, it's more like a, a live show. Right. Where there's an audience and there's going to be sketch. There's going to be live music. We did a couple pilots. And the first one, we're doing live, actually simulcast like, in front of the audience and live on the radio. It's coming up here in October. But we had in in we had Taylor Bennett, which is oh that's awesome. Yeah, he was he did he did five songs. He's Smoke, great. The Smoking Popes, they did it live. They were elect. I mean, they yeah, just they, the we set them up and yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like like that kind of stuff where we can bring I can bring those kind of celebrities in front of people and they can do something of value and quality to an audience. It's like oh man, I got to see the Smoking Popes perform five songs. Right. <laughs> well, and, and Cards free. Against Humanity, like, yeah, a lot of people good. don't know this, but Cards Against Humanity, you know this, but for, yeah. for everyone else, like, Cards Against Humanity has a, an office in Chicago. They're based out of Chicago. They don't really advertise that. They yeah. certainly don't advertise the building. It's a very plain-looking building. nondescript on Elston, yeah. Yeah, and they have a podcast studio there, a very extensive, expensive, like, very well-made yeah. podcast studio, and they also have, yeah, like, this black box theater where they do live events. So the that's Onion a really does great stuff partner. out of there. The um, mm-hmm. uh, Hello from the Magic Tavern does right. stuff out of that podcast studio. Because they have that Chicago podcast co-op. We're part of that yeah. with Dynasty podcast. I just, I just feel like you know what they're doing there is is beyond the obviously beyond the card game, but they have an opportunity to make an immersive experience for all creative arts, and they. Max and his crew do that. They do that regardless. Yeah, so. and they have a great team. Yeah. I work a lot with Alex Cox there, so shout out Alex Cox. But but yeah, Cards Against Humanity, like that's a great partner to have for that kind of thing. Uh, I mean, it's that that's it's all about for me. It's branding, right? Right. Yeah. So so what's coming up for you now? Like you obviously have this incredible history with radio, with mm-hmm. you know, with the live version of this, and and all this great experience, like. Where do you go from here? Where do you want to take the program going? Well, forward? I mean, I love the live thing. The live thing is great, and to be yeah. able to do more of that. Um, the fall, the one thing about the job, which is great and not so great, is that the Blackhawks are on. Yay. Okay. Everyone loves the Blackhawks, and I love it. But when they play, I don't do a show. Uh, and so when their schedule starts up, coming up here in a couple of weeks, they, so like it would be a Tuesday night, I get it off. My family loves it. I love it too. I get a night off. But I also like, I, it, you get a little bit of like sputter. Right. When you're used to doing it all summer, every night, Monday through Friday, you get kind of addicted to it. And then you find yourself kind of 
sputtering when when you have to break like that. Yeah. So I but for me, I mean, I have a lot of lot of things going on right now. I mean, I'm I'm very excited to be working on a couple of different projects. Uh, I have a, I did a for years. I did a group called I was in a group called Schadenfreude, which is mm-hmm. a sketch group in Chicago, and our yeah. 20th anniversary is coming up next oh my year. God, wow. And that's going to be awesome because we're thinking about we're, everyone's all over the coast, like Kate's in New York and Sandy's in Toronto and Adam's in L.A. and everyone's all over the place. But we're all going to get back together and we're thinking about doing a festival of some sort. Like yeah. there was like we were part of a 90s comedy scene that a lot of the people are now, you know, on top of the world. Like Seth Meyers is a good example of a guy who was in that comedy scene in Chicago, Jason Sudeikis. So kind of like, yeah. like the state was in New yeah, York absolutely. where like those guys went on to go do like yeah. everything. And not that many people really knew about the state. But if, like, I was the right age where, like, I loved the state, and then, like, my whole life I've just been like, oh, there's Thomas Lennon, there's Michael Ian Black, but, like, yeah. yeah so well, that Chicago, like, in the 90s, specifically for comedy, I sure. mean, uh, a lot of people don't recognize Upright Citizens Brigade. They're mm-hmm. from Chicago. I mean, they, they started here. and they had time here. They did all that stuff here before they moved to New York. So I, I feel like, you know, it was a great, amazing time to be in comedy in the mid to late 90s. That was Tina Fey was on stage at Second City, and... We just met a lot of great people, and a lot of great people are entertaining us now. So, so instead of just doing a 20th anniversary show where it's like, hey, we're on stage. Remember these sketches? Remember, right. <laughs> remember when we were younger? Remember when I used to rip my shirt off? Oh, how fun. <laughs> we're now 40. Cool. Right. No, we're not going to do it. Like, instead, we might try to do something that's a little bigger. So that, that's a lot of fun. We're getting ready to sort of take that on. Right on. That's yeah, awesome. That would be cool for Chicago. It's all about Chicago in that respect. Well, and I love that about your show, that it is very hyper-local, and I love that the conversation is authentic, you know? It's a, um, big, it's a big-ass city, man. I know we said it it's is. a small city, and that is true in certain sp- situations, especially media. But, you know, I'm also to the point where they're ever. I mean, it's amazing to be able to go through every night and realize, even here at the Virgin and other places mm-hmm. right around, where you're like, high. Cl- I mean world-class people coming through, authors. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, the, the Chicago Humanities Festival is about to begin. Mm-hmm. They, they come through, and there's just, like, 15, 20 of the, of the smartest people in the world will be in Chicago. So it's sure. like you just have to be on top of that, and then they'll, they'll come on with you. They will. That's been the key. The WGN brand, for some reason, is bigger than the brands I've worked for in the past. So when I say GN, to, mostly to Hollywood, Mm-hmm. Like to Hollywood, if you said, yeah, I'm with WBEZ, they're like, uh, get in line. Uh, you know, right. gonna, we got a big line of people. But WGN, they're like, oh, WGN. I, watch, I know WGN. I'm from Chicago. Oh, Superstation, yes. Yeah, I grew up watching that, listening in- to that. Interview yeah. here. You know? That's like, great. It's, yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's amazing to have that. Uh, so that's the legacy brand. Yeah, the legacy brand helps out for a booking, for sure. Well, again, this has been awesome, and yeah, I definitely want us, to come out to the uh, next Cards Against Humanity event because yeah. I love those guys, and and like it just sounds like a cool concept. Yeah, yeah, I'll let you know. It's October thirteenth. Awesome. All right, man. I love it, man. Uh, Justin Kaufman. Again, we were, we were playing email tag across the year because it's like you're a busy guy. I'm really <laughs> glad we we're able to line this up, <laughs> man. Thank you so much for coming up. Uh, thank you, man. Appreciate Treasure. it. You've been listening to a production of Dynasty Podcast. Find more Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. For the Dynamic Dynasty, Dynasty Descend.